This is District Sentinel Radio. It's the newscast of record for the left. I am Sam Sachs. I am Sam Knight. We're broadcasting out of Washington, D.C. Check out the website, districtsentinel.com. Check out the Patreon, patreon.com slash district sentinel. It's Tuesday, November 3rd, 2020. We've finally reached it. It is election day. On yesterday's show, we talked a lot about the presidential election. We're going to talk about all the other elections on today's show. But first, I want to comment. Everybody's posting their election maps. We talked about your election map yesterday, Sam. Uh, uh, yeah, I got to update the right numbers because those numbers yesterday were embarrassingly wrong. And now I have it so that the winner does have uh, the majority of the 538. Now, let me just say it real quick because I've been thinking about that. <laughs> ever since I've ever since I fucked it up, um, but 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 stalling, stalling for time, stalling for time, time, stalling. I mean, for- you you did get the Joe Biden number right at two ninety one or something. Oh right, yeah, but the Trump number was it, yeah, it was just in adding the rest of the states for Trump. Yes, the Trump number should be two forty seven. So two ninety one to two forty seven uh, was my is is my prediction, which is a pretty close race ultimately. Just a you know, if, if one of those three states, Pennsylvania, Michigan, or Wisconsin shift, suddenly you got a really, really close race um, where you're looking at just those those split states and 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 uh, electoral votes. But yeah, um, I just, I just we... don't see the South. Yeah, like I said yesterday, South is too rat fucked. <laughs> um. We're going to talk about some Senate races, some House races, some ballot initiatives to keep an eye on today. I want to talk about Donald Trump Jr.'s election map, though, that he just uh, posted on Twitter. Uh, and it's a uh, a global map <laughs> in which he has uh, Democrats taking California, New York, Mexico, China, India. And Liberia, and Cuba. He, he oh, has, and Cuba. He has yeah. them taking Cuba. Cuba of too. So I, I mean, I, I can kind of see the joke he's trying to make here, but he executes it terribly. Considering I don't know why India is on there. Well, a, a, a friend of mine on Twitter at the Kafka dude pointed out that uh, Don Jr. thought that India was actually Iran. That would make sense because Don Jr. has been to India. Don Jr. has been on a tour of India. Modi, the prime Narendra Modi, the prime minister of India, is a close ally of Donald Trump. So the only logical explanation is that Donald Trump Jr. thought that India was Iran. Yeah, yeah. And as you noted on Twitter, he didn't include Bolivia, which you would think he would include if he's trying to uh, make a joke about socialist countries. Or countries that uh, are against uh, the Trump administration, or Venezuela, or Venezuela, yeah. Um, hard to think of any other reason why he added Liberia, other than he's being a racist piece of shit. Yeah, it's true, but it's also weird because all the rest of Africa is for Trump in the in the map. So why single out Liberia? No idea bizarre stuff already on election day the donald trump campaign releasing a video just two minutes of him dancing to ymca 
<laughs> I saw a remix of that, um, which uh, which which switched out the village people with uh, with some dark piano music and uh, <laughs> it it. it it really vibed with me, you know, it really, it really struck a, struck the mood, I think, struck the tone correctly. Yeah. The, the, the Trump campaign, not really uh, looking very confident today. Trump was on Fox and Friends sounding like absolute shit, uh, doing a lot of whining and accusing Fox News of being biased toward Joe Biden. Not really displaying confidence in what might happen today. No, and I think in Michigan last night he said that if he loses uh, the election, he he's never going back to Michigan ever again. <laughs> so it almost sounds like he is mentally preparing himself for a loss by saying to himself, "Well, at least I never have to go back to Michigan." <laughs> Perhaps. Which, Perhaps to be fair, might. Michigan is a lovely state, and I will I will hear no ill spoken of it. Yeah, I um, I don't think I've ever been to Michigan. It's one of I've the been states to I've the, never been to. I've been to the Upper Peninsula, and it's uh, it's gorgeous. Mm. I'd like to go. I'd like to go one day. Uh, yeah, this tonight might end. You know, fairly, assuming there's no fuckery in a lot of these states, and assuming the polls hold up, Trump could be headed to one of the worst incumbent election losses in history and maybe he's just tired of the shit and concedes i don't know i guess that that is a scenario that uh that i haven't considered that much yeah <laughs> i'm trying the, uh, yeah chaos leading up to it yeah well i mean it it does make sense though i mean what should happen is a, a another blue wave uh tonight as much as i hate that phrase and all the social media dipshittery that uh, is associated with the phrase blue wave. Uh, but, I mean, there's nothing too complicated about it, nothing to overthink. You have an already unpopular president who has just completely fucked up the, the pandemic response. Yeah. The country's a goddamn mess right now. It's, it's, it's not very complicated. Yeah. Yeah. I do think that um, a lot of his supporters aren't ready to accept defeat yet and have gassed themselves up so much to where they think, one, if Trump loses, he should absolutely do a coup and will be very disappointed if he doesn't. And two, there's just no way he's going to lose. They think that the only way Trump could lose is if there's mass fraud. So I think that's the real concerning thing. After this election, assuming Trump doesn't pull the trigger on uh, trying to stay in power, his supporters definitely will. All right. All right. Let's um, let's talk about some of these other races. Let's talk about the Senate, which, of course, will be uh, pretty important for whoever the next president is. Senate, which is currently in the hands of Republicans, 53 to 47 uh, that 47 number for Democrats includes two independents who caucus with Democrats. So to flip the Senate, Democrats will need to pick up three seats and the presidency so that the vice president would be the tiebreaker. And if the polls hold up, 
it looks like they're going to, um, well, first off, they are likely to lose one seat. Democrats are likely to lose one seat in Alabama with uh, Doug Jones, uh, awful senator who, uh, who won that race. What was that, in 2018? Oh God! When was that? The Roy, the Roy Moore thing. Yeah, it was to replace Sessions' uh, seat, right? When Sessions became AG. Yeah, so, so that, that was twenty eighteen. Yeah, I think early twenty eighteen. Yeah, so Doug Jones really hasn't done much and is going to get trounced and lose a seat in uh, Alabama. So Tommy Tuberville. Yeah, you're the former. you're the resident uh, SEC college sports uh, expert here. Tell us a little about Tommy Tuberville, a former Auburn coach. Uh, That's yeah, it. I just, I just, yeah, I grew up as a, a Florida Gator fan, All right. and um, spent most of my childhood watching Tommy Tuberville get crushed by the Gators in Auburn games. Except for there was always some one-off game every few years where Auburn would prevail. Um, I don't remember. Was Tuberville the coach when Auburn finally broke through and won the championship with um, Cam Newton? I nope, nope. didn't he leave at that point? Yeah, he might have left. He's a loser. Tommy Tuberville is is a big time loser, but he's going to become a U.S. senator now. <laughs> uh, I think I guess... he was. I think he was gone by that point because wasn't he alleged to be in some uh, securities fraud thing in like 2012, 2013? Probably. I'm looking it up right now. Uh, Allegedly. (laughs) Tommy Tuberville. 2008, he left Auburn. I don't... When did Auburn win the national championship? That was like 2012, 13 or something. Yeah, so Tuberville did not win a a national championship. 2010. Mm. That was with Cam Newton. Uh, Tuberville wasn't, uh, wasn't the coach there. So he's a fucking loser, but he's going to beat even bigger loser, Doug Jones in all likelihood tonight. So now Democrats will need to pick up four seats, assuming that holds plus the presidency to flip the Senate. And it looks like they are going to pick up four seats. If these, if these, uh, numbers hold Republicans are losing incumbent Republicans are losing in Arizona where, uh, Martha McSally is down about 10 points to Mark Kelly, the astronaut. And in uh, Colorado. And a husband of uh, former Congresswoman Gabby Giffords, too. That's right. Yep. In Colorado, you've got Cory Gardner, who's getting trounced by John Hickenlooper by double digits. Who, just to be clear, sucks. Yeah, we hate we hate John Hickenlooper. Yeah, we hate John Hickenlooper. All our homies hate John Hickenlooper. Um, North Carolina, you've got uh, Tom Tillis, uh, who's losing to Cal Cunningham, who likes to fuck. That's right. Voters recognize someone who likes to fuck, especially in North actually, Carolina. Actually, all we know for sure with Cal Cunningham is he likes to kiss. We don't know if he <laughs> likes to fuck. Actually, um, referring obviously to the leaked. Uh, text messages that Cal Cunningham had with uh, some woman he was having an affair with where he talked about how much he wanted to kiss her. Um, <laughs> he's he's still holding strong in that state and is likely to win tonight. And in Maine, you have uh, Susan Collins down about eight points to, is it Sarah Gideon? Sarah Gideon, yes. Yeah. So those are four seats that um, Democrats are, are likely 
to pick up, which would flip the Senate right there. Um, assuming that assuming they win Biden, the presidency, yeah. Uh, in Georgia, Republicans are in trouble. There's two Senate seats uh, up this year, and that's uh, Kelly Loeffler and uh, Purdue. Purdue's narrowly winning right now against John Ossoff, who is uh, just the embodiment of democratic neoliberalism. <laughs> but uh, he he failed in a previous run in Georgia. He's within striking distance this time around. John Ossoff is like if uh, C-3PO from Star Wars went to Georgetown. <laughs> he really is. Um, he's got a chance, though. Uh, he did just completely annihilate Purdue in a debate that they had recently. We'll see if that translates to any uh, win tonight. Then in the other race, you've got Loeffler, who's only polling at about 27%, pretty much splitting the vote with another Republican, Doug Collins. House member who's polling in the 20s. They're both losing to Warnock, Democrat, who's polling at about 38%. So he would win that seat, except you need to get above 50% to avoid a runoff. And it's unclear whether or not Warnock can win a one-on-one runoff. So that won't happen. We won't know the results of that until later down the road. Now, there are some other seats that Democrats could potentially pick up uh, in Iowa, where you've got Ernst, the Joni Ernst, the Republican going up against the Democrat Greenfield. And that's neck and neck. Uh, polls are pretty much showing them dead even. So if if you can assume that if it's a good night for Democrats and a good night for Joe Biden, that could push Greenfield uh, over the over the line to knock off Ernst, which would uh, would add to a Democratic majority in the Senate. You also have in, let's see, um, Kentucky is not going to happen for Democrats. McConnell's up about 11 points on on McGrath. There was a poll that came out yesterday that showed McGrath within like three points, but that poll was some wrong weird. Yeah, it has like a a D rating on 538. In Montana, you've got uh, Steve Daines, the Republican incumbent, holding a pretty slim lead on uh, Randy Bullock. 50 to 46. So you could possibly on a really good night see see Democrats maybe pulling it off there. I could see that one flipping. Quite frankly, I could see Montana more than Iowa. Mm, yeah. And so, and without goes without saying, but the southern states too. In Texas, uh, John Cornyn has a few point lead over the Democrat Hagar there. And we're seeing massive voter turnout in Texas, as you noted on the show yesterday. So that's a possibility. It is. And I I would rather be wrong predicting that Republicans will win Texas than say, actually, Democrats will win Texas. And (laughs) I I just, yeah, I would, I would, I'll happily take the L on that one if I'm wrong there. And uh, finally, in South Carolina, we have Jamie Harrison, the Democrat who's raised just a shit ton of money, way more money than Lindsey Graham. He's almost turned Lindsey Graham into an anti-Citizens United guy. <laughs> Lindsey Graham out here like advocating for getting money out of politics. He's been out, outraised so much in that state. But I would say that the, the optimism a few weeks ago that, that Graham might lose has sort of given away. He's been able to solidify his lead in some of the recent polling. 
But it's still close. I mean, it's still within five points. Graham leading Harrison. That would be a real fun one if Lindsey Graham were to lose. Yeah. I I refuse to allow myself to even really seriously consider that possibility. But yeah, it would it would be it would be hilarious. Yeah. Overall, 538 gives Democrats uh, a 75 percent chance of flipping the Senate. And they have the most likely outcome of 52 seats for Democrats, Mm. 48 seats for Republicans when uh, when all the dust settles after all of this. So that's that's some races to keep an eye on tonight out of the Senate. Let's move to the House right now. There are a few House Democrats are in all likelihood going to keep a pretty strong majority in the House after tonight. There's a few progressives running. First, there's uh, some really good progressives who've won their primaries, like Jamal Bowman and Cory Bush, who are guaranteed to win the general and will be going to Congress. You have some other uh, somewhat progressive Democrats that are trying to knock off some Republicans in some House seats, like in Nebraska 2nd, where you have Kara Eastman trailing by just a few points to incumbent Don Bacon. New York's 24th, uh, Republican incumbent John Katko is neck and neck with uh, Dana Balter. In Iowa's 4th Congressional District, this is an open seat, used to belong to Steve King. You have Republican Randy Feenstra with a narrow lead over Democrat J.D. Scholten. Texas's 10th District, you've got incumbent Republican Mike McCall holding just a one or two point lead over progressive Mike Siegel. In another open district, Texas 24th, Republican Beth Van Dyne and Democrat Candace Valenzuela are neck and neck in the polls. And in California's 25th, you've got Republican incumbent Mike Garcia actually losing by a few points to uh, progressive Christy Smith. So those are some house races that might be interesting. Also, on the other side of the spectrum, Where's, got a where's couple... California's uh, 25th? It's, uh, oh, Northern LA County. Yeah. Okay. And uh, you've got also some Republican QAnon candidates who look headed to go to Congress. Oh, hell yeah. When all the votes are counted, Marjorie Taylor Greene in Georgia's 14th congressional district is likely to win. And also Lauren Boebert in Colorado's third seat district. This is an open seat. She's got a narrow lead. And could win that seat. So we could have um, two full-fledged QAnon candidates going to Congress next session. Corey Gardner uh, was campaigning with Lauren Boebert <laughs> in the, uh, I think it was yesterday or a few days ago. Mm, Corey Gardner <laughs> going to end know, up losing I, a seat, but uh, Colorado could send a QAnon candidate instead. I'm remembering how four years ago, the prevailing mood was uh, try like try to explain to myself four years before that Donald Trump will be the next president. Well, now I'm trying to explain to myself uh, from those shell shock days of 2016 that what what QAnon is, and I'm just trying to wonder four years from now what will be the thing that. I that my 2020 self would not be able to comprehend and it just it, it keeps getting fucking worse and worse. Yeah. 
Yeah, it'll be whatever like Josh Howley and Tom Cotton are spewing. Uh, and during yeah. the, just imagine, I mean, if if Joe Biden wins, and if he's around for four years, or even if he's not around for four years, and it's Kamala Harris who's the the nominee in twenty twenty four, because let's let's face it, I don't see any any left wing challengers in a in a primary in twenty twenty four. It's just no. not going to happen. Uh, Bernie is 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 a pushover on that issue. He wouldn't challenge a Democrat uh, president. And so if, if Biden wins, you know, that's the ticket in 2024. That Republican primary is just going to be, it's going to be out there, man. Yeah. It's going to be completely out there. Like, I don't, I don't think that someone like Tom Cotton will win it because nobody likes Tom Cotton. Uh, when the dude talks, he's a complete turnoff to everybody. I think that Josh Howley, uh, he's he's kind of slick, but you can pretty see through him pretty easily. Although you could, I've always thought you could see through Trump pretty easily, and people ate it up. But these guys don't have any charisma. I don't know who it'll be. It'll probably be someone we're not even thinking of right now. Uh, my mind is split between two different people. Uh, one of them is Nikki Haley. I think is a good possible shout for their nominee in 2024 uh and another possibility is tucker carlson <laughs> fucker carlson fucker carlson yeah. yeah that would be uh that'd be some dark shit glenn greenwald will probably be his campaign manager or, or his, <laughs> his spokesperson probably probably in addition to congressional elections there's a lot of initiatives ballot initiatives initiatives that are on uh, that states are considering around the country. I want to start by talking about uh, s- stuff close to our heart, the weed initiatives that are on the ballot in 2020. Arizona, Prop 207 le- would legalize marijuana. Arizona could join the rest of the civilized states in this country in legalizing pot. Uh, Which is very shrewd for Democrats, by the way, that... Uh... You know, they're competitive in statewide elections in Arizona and having weed on the ballot there is probably a huge boost for them. Yeah. Yeah. Both the Senate race and the presidential election are close. So, yeah, it's obviously the right thing to do, of course, too, and et cetera. That's right. Mississippi Initiative 65 would legalize medicinal marijuana. And uh, the legislature there did something weird and added another Initiative 65A, which would only legalize it for terminally ill patients and voters have to um, vote in a weird way to make sure that it gets legalized, but only legalized for medicinal or legalized for all sorts of medicinal purposes beyond just terminal, terminally ill patients. Montana Initiative 190 would legalize marijuana fully. New Jersey Public Question 1 would be full legalization. And in South Dakota, there's Constitutional Amendment A, which would be full recreational legalization, and South Dakota Measure 26, would, which would be medicinal marijuana legalization. So hoping for some weed victories tonight. I want uh, the rest of the country to be able to partake in, uh, in the joys that you and I get to partake in, Sam, of having, and we are, we're still in a gray area compared to some states, but still we can have weed delivered to our house, all sorts of different kinds of weeds. And with uh, New Jersey putting weed on the ballot, that's going to have a lot of voters in uh, New York City and 
and Philadelphia looking at the Garden State, wondering if they will be able to uh, to drive over to New Jersey to buy some uh, to buy some nugs. Yeah, yeah. Is there some other drugs too that are uh, on the ballot? Of course, DC Prop eighty one. Yeah, you've probably heard about it by now. It's hallucinogenic plant decriminalization. Although uh, our really shitty mayor, uh, Mayor Bowser, she is threatening to veto it, I believe, and um, not really a surprise. But nevertheless, I think we should all go out and and vote and support Prop eighty one and uh, make our bullshit mayor have to uh, do the dirty work. Uh, yeah. or- Oregon also has hard drug decriminalization on the ballot. I think that's question 110. But uh, yeah, taking things a step further and decriminalizing uh, decriminalizing the, the, the tough stuff, the uh, stuff that really hits, you know? <laughs> um. There are, of course, non-drug-related ballot initiatives. California, which is known for always having a slew of ballot initiatives, does not disappoint. This year, there is a Prop 21 for rent control. Vote yes. Uh, unfortunately, I don't think that's going to pass, but who knows? Uh, the poll I saw had the anti-rent control side up, but there were still undecided voters out there. Maybe they can overcome that. There's also uh, Prop 22, which I'm sure if you are living in California, you've been hearing nonstop about this ballot question because of all the money that Silicon Valley is putting behind it to have it passed. Basically, it would overturn the California state law that would reclassify Uber and Lyft drivers and, and gig economy workers as employees not as contractors because it's obviously ridiculous it's a fucking scam uh but unfortunately like i said there's a lot of money behind the uh prop 22 yes vote and i i don't know i hope voters reject it in california but i i'm, Uber I'm not, doing a bunch of fucked up shit too like forcing their their drivers to support it and or campaign yeah. for it yeah that's right they've been um, pushing their uh, company propaganda on the apps and stuff too while drivers are on the clock. Uh, really grim stuff. Uh, Prop 17, not so grim, would restore felon voting rights. And Prop 18, also good, ending cash bail. It's actually a proposition that would allow a 2018 law to take effect. There are some interesting prop uh, ballot questions over in. The Sunshine State, where Sam Sachs once called home. Uh, the minimum wage is on the ballot, Amendment 2. It would raise the minimum wage to $15 an hour by 2026. Uh, obviously, it should be fast. The, the, rate, the, the raise should happen now. It should be $15 an hour tomorrow. <laughs> but, you know, whatever. It, hopefully, it'll pass. Amendment 3 would create the jungle primary system in Florida, whereby um, the primary consists of all parties and then the top two vote getters face each other in a runoff in the general election. Uh, I kind of think that's an interesting system, so yeah. I, I kind of hope it passes. Uh, I hope this does not pass. Florida wants to change its constitution so that 
quote, only U.S. citizens can vote in state elections. Right now, it says that every citizen, every U.S. citizen can vote. And um, I know in certain states, like in Maryland, in Tacoma Park, Maryland, uh, they allow undocumented immigrants to vote in local elections. So this seems designed to uh, try to stop that thing from happening in Florida. I don't know if any jurisdiction in Florida does currently allow undocumented immigrants to vote in local elections, but if they do, they won't be able to uh, if this passes. Uh, Moving on, Colorado has paid family leave, Prop 118, on the ballot. Uh, Vote yes, obviously. It also has a 22-week abortion ban, Prop 115. Vote no. Mississippi has Jim Crow-era stuff on the ballot. Measure 2 would repeal a law that allows the state legislature to appoint someone to statewide office if no one in the race gets a majority of the popular vote in a majority of state house districts. Um, it's uh, kind of a disturbing that that law has been on the book so long. And uh, also Mississippi voters are voting on a new flag. It has a magnolia on it. It's pretty, it's tasteful, and it's better than the old flag, which had a, uh, the, the stars and bars on it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> In other abortion news, uh, bad abortion news, Louisiana uh, has Amendment 1 on the ballot, which would state explicitly that there are no state protections for abortion. You have no right to an abortion, in other words, in Louisiana, if that passes and is upheld. And then uh, Massachusetts wants to pass ranked choice voting, and so does Alaska. Maine, I think, is the only state that currently has ranked choice voting. You might recall how uh, Maine had a far-right governor in Paul LePage, and he was basically elected twice because the, uh, the center-left vote was split, and that inspired Maine to pass ranked choice voting. And now that is uh, being taken up by the people of Massachusetts and Alaska. It's good. I'd like to see all these uh, changes to voting on these ballots. I think people are kind of waking up to how shitty the first past the post system is. Yeah, the jungle primary and the uh, the ranked choice voting stuff, I think, are, are quite interesting. Um, and finally, Puerto Rico is voting on a non-binding statehood referendum. I will expect that if that does pass and Democrats take power everywhere, they're just going to ignore it, <laughs> even <laughs> though it would give them, uh, probably give them a few more votes in the Senate and the House. Yeah, you're already seeing reports of what a potential Biden administration would focus on, uh, and that would be things like uh, deficit reduction and working uh, whatever stuff they can pass with the help of Republicans, although there was some talk about using budget reconciliation to pass some measures which would only require a simple majority in the Senate, but I don't see them. Uh, I don't see them passing anything worth a damn unless there's obviously a lot of pressure, and uh, it's really going to be up to 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 us. I mean, not you and me, but everybody to 
to make the best of the situation of what a Biden administration will be. I think that, you know, I think Bernie broke a lot of our brains in thinking that, you know, you could just elect the right guy and the right guy will implement the good stuff. But it's never been that way, you know. That's never like been the way that that progressive change has happened. It, if you can stir enough shit up on the ground, and I think that the the conditions on the ground are such that they're really bad, and people are willing to stir a lot of shit up. Doesn't matter too much who's in the White House. You can get you can get them to bend. So. I'm not going to be a doomer fatalist about what a Biden administration looks like if he wins, because I think a lot of that depends on what we do in response to a Biden administration. And unlike during Obama, I think people are a lot more skeptical. The left is a lot more skeptical of of Biden than they were of Obama. Yeah. And and Biden has come out and said that he will be the most pro-union president, which is obviously bullshit. But it's something that we can try to bully him on, and it's something that we can also um, try to leverage our own power of withholding our labor on uh, to pressure the system, et cetera, et cetera. I don't know. My brain is all scrambled, and uh, I've got yeah, about 20 seconds left of recording here. So right, I will just uh, say that uh, listen to me on the Rob Rousseau election stream tonight. We're not streaming tonight because everyone is, but I will be on the Rob Rousseau show uh, early in the evening. Yeah, and check us out on uh, Means Morning News of course. on Thursday for a full recap of all this stuff. Uh, I'm going to go vote We're here in D.C., so you don't have to be.